At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, if you haven't heard about WebmasterRadio.fm's mobile app for iPhone and Android, you got to listen up. This is amazing. You can now get not just CEO Coach, but every Webmaster Radio show on your mobile device. Go to iTunes to download or the Android app stores. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on our new mobile app. Hope to see you there. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musick. Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music. I'm here today with Anne Kennedy, the president of Beyond Inc., author of Global Search Engine Marketing, a speaker around the world, and a very good friend. Welcome, Anne. Hi. It's nice to be here, Jillian. Glad to you uh, stopped by. We've been talking, Anne and I, for some time about issues around the beginning of the C-suite roles in a startup company. So we've talked about a number of things about choosing who else would be in your C-suite, how you think about it, uh, the kind of C-roles you might want to have, the chief what officer, um, working with C-level folks, but mostly about getting your head together so you know what to do and how to hire these folks, these very early stage, if you will, co-founders. So let's talk about a little bit of these things. Uh, let's talk about the roles of the C-suite. And I know we've got CEO and CTO and CFO and COO. And those are executive officer, technology officer, financial officer, and operations. But then we also have this CIO. And I've heard it as innovation officer and um, information officer. Uh, who knows if they've got other ones? Have you heard of more? Well, you left out a very key one that you and I mm-hmm. have spent our lives in, which is the CMO. You betcha. <laughs> because you can't have a company grow without marketing. There you go. So another one, CMO, absolutely. Um, I don't know. There are just lots of them. I've also heard, um, was it chief, is it research or 
whatever. It basically, you can make up your own if you want. Uh, it just means that you're in the C-suite. So what is the definition of being in the C-suite? You're in charge. The buck stops with you. Yeah. If uh, something goes wrong, you have to clean up the mess. And okay. If something goes right, you can reap the rewards. Uh, True enough. So C-suites are actually uh, better compensated. That does make sense. All right. But at the same time, um, we talked about this a little bit before. I said, you know, C-suite is a jailable position. Yeah. Right? When the stuff hits the fan, if something went god-awful wrong, if one of your colleagues in the C-suite is responsible, all of you can in- face a trial. The employees, not so much. But you in the C-suite, that is quite different. It's different than manager or director or whatever. At some point, you get to a level where they say, no, that's your responsibility. You should have known if you didn't know. And if you did know, you should have done something about it. That's huge. It's huge, and that's what I meant. The buck stops with you. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that I have learned over the years in C-level, observing other C-levels, is that uh, your employees don't work for you. You work for them Mm -hmm. by providing their livelihood, um, which is something I think a lot of C-level people lose sight of. Mm -hmm. But I think that the more important thing to look at is just what the various C-positions bend donate to your company, what they provide um, in terms of helping your company grow or even make it attractive to, um, to uh, funding resources. Okay, so most people who start a company figure, well, I'm the chief executive officer. I started the company, therefore that's my role. And then everybody else I you know, get and fall into place. But are you saying, eh, maybe not so much. We keep talking about this idea of the technologist, the wizard, and the business person, right? And one is a CEO and one is a COO. Maybe it's not true. Maybe it's a CIO, this innovation officer or invention officer. Maybe it's a CTO. A lot, oftentimes these are the technologists. How do you what think I have observed about that? In- more decades than I'd like to count of advising <laughs> companies, um, even before the internet um, uh, or before the web as we know it, um, is that in many cases the inventor or the primary entrepreneur is not necessarily the one that has the right skill set to take the company forward as a CEO. And what I've also observed is that uh, many of them don't realize this. That makes good sense to me as well. I find the same thing, especially if the invention, if you will, or the technology piece is the property of the person who starts the company. Their roles are better served as, uh, again, uh, inventors, innovators, and so on, or technologists, rather than saying, yes, I'm the executive officer. Um, So how would you define a good CEO? I would say perhaps it's the one who can see what's next. And I keep talking about, you know, if your CEO is thinking about anything except what's next, you're losing money. It isn't about the fact that your product has a current marketplace and a current, uh, you know, problem that it's solved. The question is, can you iterate when it moves forward? Can you see what's coming down the pike? And can you, if you will, actively go for it rather than simply proactively respond to it later? It sounds to me like you're talking about a capacity for vision and a capacity for uh, educated risk taking. Okay. Educated risk. In in other words, not crazy risky behavior. Okay. Of course, that's all uh, relative, isn't it? You know, yes. <laughs> what one person calls crazy risky, another one calls uh, yeah. uh, the uh, the appropriate path. Uh, but it first is the vision, and a C-level person, any C-level person needs to have some element of vision, but the CEO needs to lead that vision. 
Okay. So different C-suite roles, I would agree, have to have vision within their space, if you will, in terms of technology. You have to kind of see what's coming down the pike and organize your uh, group and hire and fire and this and that and arrange and get talent and understand what's coming. But that's quite different than seeing where the entire product would go or the entire industry would go. So, Indeed. Okay. That makes good sense. We should also touch on the trust factor. Uh, Understanding what the roles are, that's great, but this trust factor, right? If somebody screws up in the C-suite, you can all go down together. This really is about, you know, group play. This is not you wrote term paper and you get an A. It's your group got the A or you didn't. Um, so sometimes, yes, it's a legal issue, but also there is the, the upside, right? If everybody does what they need to do, presumably each of the departments that will culminate from having your C-suite populated, uh, will reap the rewards. That trust factor is huge. How do you get there? Well, there's an analogy that I wish I'd thought of, but it came from a woman at Chrysler many, many years ago. Um, uh, 20 years ago, something like that, I came across a, an, an ad that had her picture in it. And it turned out that she had spent her life being a uh, racing large yachts. Um, large sailboats, which I have spent my life doing. And uh, she said that running a company was like uh, being on a yacht racing team. And mm-hmm. I understood ex- immediately what she meant because when you are on a large boat, no one person can do all the jobs. The uh, the skipper, of course, has to know how every job is done, mm-hmm. but he can't go and do every job. And so each person has to know their job very well, and they may have to know another job. On a big racing boat, you might have 18 people. If you're right. especially ocean racing, you're running two crews, um, so you have nine people on deck at all times. Right. So each person has to know their job exceedingly well, and they have to trust that everybody else knows and does his or her job exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. And then the team functions. The moment that somebody tries to be doing the other person's job, unless that becomes necessary because the person becomes incapacitated. But if they try to do it or guide the other person, it all falls apart. And I think that a C-suite operates the same way. So when you go back, let's go back to the selection process. When you Mm -hmm. are selecting your C-suite partners, you need to be able to trust that they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I have observed in many years of consulting with companies, in the successful ones, there there are always two minds at least two right brain left brain kind of deal one is the brilliant creative genius think you're inventor you're entrepreneur for my call the wizard the wizard yes and you put that brilliantly and then there is the business person who knows how to run the business and these uh, skill sets are not um frequently found in the same mind even uh bill gates had paul allen Mm -hmm. and so that you take um but what I've seen with the companies that succeed is the whoever starts the company, and most generally it's the entrepreneur, it's the wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, not always, but in many cases. And that person realizes that this other skill set is essential to growing the company and acquires that skill set, either taking it as a C partner or a C level um, employee, um, but then trusting that person to uh, and taking them in, engaging them in the company, paying attention to what they have to say. And the companies that I've seen that fail um, are the ones that don't do that. And by the way, it's usually the brilliant genius that thinks that he or she can do it all and 
fails to take in the wisdom of the uh, the other skill set. I would absolutely agree. So the trust factor is huge. You must trust uh, the people you're about to hire for the C-suite, you know, above and beyond on all kinds of things. But they must also not just be trustworthy, but have the ability to trust the others. Absolutely. Very interesting thing. And that would bring us to the role of culture inside the corporation, this comfort level with the culture that you would create as the originator of the company. So we're going to be talking mostly to those who are those entrepreneurs who have started the company, whether you came to it from a business point of view or you came to it from an invention point of view, if you will, solving a problem. Um, The question is, how do you make sure the folks you hire fit the bill for the needs of your company? We're going to take a break here at CEO Coach, and when we come back, we're going to talk about finding complementary skills, what to kind of ask in these uh, pre-interviews, if you will, just as you begin to think about who you want, the skill sets you want, understanding what you're asking of others as you ask people to refer, who you might ask to refer to you, and so on, and how you interview, making sure you're ready to hire your first C-suite. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy of Beyond Inc., an author of Global in a search engine marketing we'll be right back stay tuned more on how to build your business on the web with the ceo coach right after this oh yeah my day is done time for happy hour you're already done for the day yeah because i use certifiedknowledge.org their ppc tools literally save me hours every day how do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Market Edge with Glenn Engler. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm with Ann Kennedy here. We're talking about the C-suite, uh, hiring your first C-suite, understanding what it takes to do that, and understanding all of the bits and pieces that will go into place. So first thing we say is this trust factor. You must be able to not only to trust them and they to trust you, but they must trust each other. That would be one of those skills or, or if you will, qualities of human being uh, rather than a skill set that you'd be looking for inside somebody that you want in your very first C-suite. But before we get into all the tactical bits about how to hire one of these guys, the question is when? When should we be thinking about that? Is it the day we start the company or even before we start the company? How long can you run, if you will, lean startup without a C-suite at all? Do they become co-founders or do you have to pay them right off? I think that is a question that has many answers. Um, it's sort of how long is a stick kind mm-hmm. of answer. But the earlier you think about this, the better. And how you bring somebody in, I think, depends on the resources. Um, as I said, that, that talent could be acquired you know, as, as a hired employee or it could be acquired as a, as a partner, and that's what is important. Right. It's the partners, I think, that our listeners will be concerned about most because the folks listening are mostly very early-stage entrepreneurs or just beginning to get into the mid-level. So now, as you're looking for a co-founder among this, do you give away that C-spot right away? I mean, does a co-founder come in without one? I would say, in general, not. No. You're going to have to think about that. So a co-founder now takes on a huge piece of what you're thinking about because, again, they are going to be responsible for building a piece of your company. Indeed. And so as you look for a co-founder, well, some of the companies I've seen, the co-founders are just there. They come in pairs. They do come already, yes. Frequently comes, and there may come a time when that co-founder is no longer uh, appropriate for mm-hmm. one reason or another. Um, that can happen. But I think at a minimum, as you are considering co-founding a company, um, even if you have identified the person or you're making up your top mm-hmm. 10 attributes, right at the top has to be a shared vision. Okay. So we have, we've done some shows about vision, corporate culture, mission, uh, goals. All of these are quite different. And uh, we've done some shows about that. I'd suggest that folks listening who are interested go find those shows as well. You'll find those keywords in them. And we'll be doing another one in early August with Steve Gandara of Excellent Cultures. So, again, look for that in the future. But just briefly, Anne, um, how do you see a difference between the corporate culture, the vision of the CEO, and perhaps the mission of the company? I think they're quite different. Um, they are related, of course, and they have to be aligned, if you will, in in a, a, a sense of purpose. Um, but I was the vision I was talking about. If you take somebody at the very uh, seminal entrepreneurial state, the the vision is uh, of what it is that is to be invented and brought to market. Say it's a, a SaaS mm-hmm. or or a product, um, mm-hmm. or even a retail store uh, that serves a particular need. Um, that the uh, Everybody, all the partners need to have a common sense of purpose about that. And that's what I mean about vision. And and perhaps they bring different elements of the vision of what is possible because we agree that it's very important for the CEO to have vision. But there may be other 
portions of vision to be seen. And, and in that sense, um, they need to be complementary, but they need to be heading in the same direction. I would agree, and perhaps one of the pieces of vision is uh, what size company you want, the variety of company you want, a vision for what the company is going to look like and your products are going to look like a, a little bit different. Um, it, it would say that if one person thinks you're building a lifestyle company and the other one is after a, uh, a scalable product-based company, you're going to have a bit of a rub there because the lifestyle folk are not going to want to put in what it takes to build the scalable and perhaps most importantly, don't have the risk tolerance for it. Lifestyle companies are pretty good. You go over and shake somebody's hand, you say, yes, ma'am, I can do that, and you go back and you do it, right? A scalable company absolutely requires that you say, yes, ma'am, we can do that, and then you hope the folks behind you can do it, and you ensure that they can do it, but you cannot do all of it. So that makes a huge difference in the mindset of the person who will be co-founding with you. So as we go forward kind of with that same process, um, what would you say about communication styles, things like that? How do you, how do we tactically now go out and find somebody with whom you can share a vision, who shares your mission for this company and so on, uh, agrees with the corporate culture uh, pieces that you've got, and uh, would also have, if you will, a communication style with whom you could work effectively, because that would kill any relationship in a business or otherwise. And, of course, it could cost you a fortune if you cannot communicate well with the person you're co-founding with. What kind of questions would you ask? Who well, would you ask? I'm tempted to say, um, as an unmarried woman, that it's a little bit like dating. There you uh, go. <laughs> um, but I would not recommend going to an online service to find somebody like this. Um, I think the initial... Uh, way that you find people is uh, through networking. Yeah. Um, but then at some point, as you network uh, with and meet different people, and um, to begin with, you're very clear about what you are looking for. I think that's the first and most important thing. But as you begin to network with people, at some point, um, and I think there is a small element of luck involved, um, that the magic will happen, and you will look at someone and say, aha, this could work. But then, then all the things you know about communication skills and, and um, finding out, both being very clear about your purpose, your mm -hmm. vision, what kind of company you want, where you want to go with this, um, as clear as you can be in the beginning. And we all know that a lot of companies start one way and then they discover a year later what it is they're actually going to yes. do. Pivoting is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Right. So again, yeah. having that, well, it's not a risk tolerance, is it? But it's a flexibility in your mindset in your working process that you can pivot well flexibility is part of any um uh successful relationship okay and business are out really that's you know, true uh being and and all of the the good things being um open honest available authentic you know all that good stuff is important for any um anything to work any relationship to work in a business relationship is is like that mm -hmm. um i think that uh, choosing a business partner is a uh, very key business decision to be made. It's, it's mm -hmm. probably the most important one that you will make. Um, I knew a small company that was very successful for 14 years, and the luckiest day of the founder's life was when he met this part business partner, um, and they did great things together. But it's it was finding a, a good match. Um, mm -hmm. And as I said, I don't think those are found online. The communication skills are there endless ways to test and um, 
uh, refine communication skills. But it starts with a spirit of uh, being willing to be flexible and open to doing that. Makes good sense. So uh, as you begin to think about who you want in your C-suite, the kinds of uh, skill sets are pretty clear. You're going to need somebody who's good in finance, good in technology, uh, good at uh, the uh, operations, perhaps, things like that. But finding folks who would uh, resonate with your corporate culture, which stems from your vision, mission, and so on, and your uh, values, if you will, which are hugely important, uh, that would be a killer piece. So I'd say don't don't abrogate on that at all, right? There's no uh, no wiggle room on that. It doesn't mean that you accept somebody who has lesser skills elsewhere. It just means that you, no matter how much they've got great skills and so on, you can't take them on unless they are wanting to build a company that meets the vision of the company you want to build. That would be a piece I'd hold on to. Absolutely, and that goes back to what we were saying, that in fact it is a common sense of purpose for whatever this company is going to be. Makes good um, sense. But before that, don't you have to understand what it is you want out of a company? Okay, so we've got about a minute left here in this segment. Let's talk about quickly what is it that you do to get your head in place for this? Maybe acknowledging your own you know, lack of skill set, where you need help, uh, things like that. Is that. That's a good place to start. And okay. being very clear about where you want to go with your company. Being very clear in your own mind on yes. where you want to go. So you would suggest writing the mission, the vision, the goals, and, if you will, establishing what you think you want your corporate culture to look like, uh, perhaps mimicking or, or saying mirroring other companies that you already admire. You'd say, I'd like a culture like that. right? And then deciding how you want to build it, then you go out and find the folks that you want to interview. So not doing it online. Definitely finding them in person. When we come back, we're going to talk about who do you ask to get introduced to the right people and how do you find them? How do you put yourself in the right place to find the people whom you'd want to interview to make a company and ask them to join you? This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy talking about filling the C-suite at CEO Coach. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G digital.com. 
Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the Entrepreneur Effect. On demand anytime. Inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. We're going to wrap up here about the uh, concept of filling the C-suite here at CEO Coach. I'm with Ann Kennedy of Beyond Inc. and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. So in the last few minutes here, Ann, let's talk about how you go about finding this person. You said you don't do it online. You do it uh, by, if you will, networking. I would suggest that one literally goes to VCs, whether you're VC-funded or not. Um, and in the most cases, you're not VC-funded before you start. You don't even have angel funding, and you're hoping to get a little friends and family or something, or you're pulling it out of the bank. I would still go visit VCs. I would go visit angel groups, and I'm people who are uh, running those angel groups. I certainly would network at places where other entrepreneurs gather. In Seattle, for example, in of May, I was invited to a group that was literally called an entrepreneur's meetup or something. It was in downtown Seattle and the whole idea as they advertised this event was to find your startup co-founder. Right? It was a place where if you were looking to join a, a startup or if you were beginning a startup and wanted to find a co-founder, you would come to this place. I was like, that's almost like online dating, but it's offline dating. <laughs> that was interesting. It did turn out that a couple of people found folks they thought they might like to work with. But even once they got into the room, and even though it was that clear, I didn't have the sense people asking the right questions. And what would you ask? Wow. Um, you don't ask, hey, do you want to be my business partner? <laughs> okay, there's a good start. <laughs> right. I think you ask the kind of questions that uh, uh, will surface things like vision and values you know, okay. to find out if you have a match with values. And it may start with just uh, casual questions about where have you been working, what have you been doing, mm -hmm. um, do you like it, do you think it's fun, or, uh, mm -hmm. and, and starting there to see where people are. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think what you suggested about going to VC meetups and those kinds of things is uh, really falls into, you know, fishing where the fish are, are biting, you know. Is, right. And I think you can also do the same thing in professional groups. Um, I met a woman actually at a uh, business networking international breakfast that very nearly became my partner in Beyond Inc., um, at, at the end of the day, it, they, she didn't have the shared vision. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I was I came a long way with her, and that was at the BNI meeting. So, I think mm -hmm. just being out there where there are other people, and maybe they, all people haven't identified themselves, or for various reasons are afraid to identify themselves by turning up at such a meeting if they're otherwise employed. Mm -hmm. So you find them in the vertical 
professional groups. Right. But the point is to get out there a lot. And I didn't really want to diss the internet because I meet a lot of people online. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's I conduct right. a lot of business online. But I, I meant I don't think there's a, uh, if you will, a a matchup site. I mean, LinkedIn does great things, but I don't right. think it's a place you go and say, hey, I'm looking, you know. Yeah, for a, I would absolutely party. agree. Um, so here's the thing. I think that as I would begin, I would describe what it is I'm trying to build, um, paint my vision of it. And I would say I had a good partner. If that partner could paint back for me, that same vision may be better said, uh, more clearly uh, you know, illuminated, if you will, and perhaps also looking for the passion around the subject. I would absolutely need them to be passionate around this subject in the very earliest stages. Later on, if one hires a COO or a CTO um, and so on, and they are interested in the subject, but perhaps not as deeply passionate as you are about it, well, that's fine if you're already at the several hundred million dollar mark and you're just, you know, cruising along almost to a third stage company if you will. Way early, passion is huge. They have to be crazy about it. I would find out um, about their other statuses around the work that they're doing, uh, perhaps uh, you know whether or not they can take the risk of a startup. I would want to know about those risk factors. So those are the kinds of hard questions I'd be asking right away. Uh, can they see what I'm talking about? Can they envision it even better, perhaps, than I can, or from a different angle? Uh, do they feel the way I do about corporate culture? Absolutely critical. And the final thing is, are they in a space personally where they can afford to do this? You don't really want to try to start these things with folks who think that money is a month away when you darn well will know that it's two to five years away. This is an important issue. So what you're saying is you're looking for somebody who gets it and who gets you. That's true. And those two are the components. Um, and, yeah, the passion is important because that may be all, all you have to live on for those first few years. <laughs> Absolutely. So one more thing before we leave. What's your hottest tip around this concept of hiring the C-suite? What do you need to do before you do anything else? The first thing you need to do is know what complementary skills you need in a, in a, a particularly in a partner or a COO or a CFO is to understand yourself and what you can do. And I have seen in many, many um, times that that has not been uh, something that comes easily to the initial founder or uh, operator. Um, One of the companies that I was involved with the founding of was uh, helium.com, which was sold to Mm -hmm. R. Donnelly. And our VC uh, was brilliant at, building good management teams and that was the so sometimes you find that through uh whoever your angel is um which is a whole nother issue how do you find a good angel who will do that for you okay so um you're saying get your head around what you cannot do yes be very clear about those things and perhaps the most difficult thing for a c or a potential ceo to think about is perhaps they are not the front face of this company very important they may have invented it but they may not be able to explain it well and have a power and a charisma which will now attract all the other things you need customers investors and of course additional employees in the future This has been a fascinating discussion around the concept of hiring your first C-suite. I appreciate all your uh, input, Anne. We'll be back in about a month. We're going to be talking about some other issues about early-stage startup with Anne Kennedy here at CEO Coach. In the meantime, you can download these shows through iTunes or through webmasterradio.fm. Till next week, this is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. 
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.